I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Isn't it? I could listen to that all night. Ladies and I love that little interlude which kind of just like fade now and just brings us in. It's beautiful. It's like if we were more professional, life. we'd have like a lovely voiceover. Like it reminds me of the generation game. Like I can imagine things going on at the bottom of the screen. You've got to remember what they are and then name them all afterwards. And whatever you name, you win. Remember that. <laughs> I used to love the generation game. Um, <laughs> it feels like that with the league team managers at the moment. We forgot one for the whole of last week's episode. I forgot that Trammy is still on a point with anyone. Well, that, yeah, to... that was exactly it. Oh, we, just, like, we kept talking looking about... For manager. looking for a manager. Oh, yeah. Trammy exists. Trammy, I do exist. Um, but we'll start. We'll do the intros. Ryan's going to go mad. Um, welcome to the original League 2 podcast um it's not new it's an old tried and tested method no one's you know what fuck it in for a penny in for a pound we're all here the real league two podcast ryan has just said none of us are in his cars um and we're all good to go uh the battle lines have been drawn apparently we didn't start the fire um we didn't start fire. <laughs> but we'll fucking spread it ladies and gentlemen welcome to week whatever it is because we've been doing this for a long time of the league two podcast we are well underway i'm back from holiday and i'm joined by grant and i'm joined by hannah welcome Welcome back to me i know do you like my hat for anyone who's not on youtube i have a lower league look embroidered hat um i actually have two of them but one of them is lost somewhere in mallorca there's some spanish bloke laying around the pool (laughs) wondering what the hell he's got this hat on his head for um, but wouldn't all, it be uh, lovely at some point you get like a text messages like saying just seeing some bloke in Mallorca with your hat on mm. or I'm waiting for the tweet I'm waiting for a tweet um, <laughs> that was, if I was if I found that I would pick it up and I'd be like what's and I'd google it and I'd be like oh and I'd send them a tweet and a picture um, 
And then we could have a fan out there. We could get him to follow a League Two club, and we could. Oh, it could be, it got, look, if you're there, if you've searched us and found this by any of it, just get in touch. We don't want the hat back. <laughs> um, I don't want the hat back. You can just send me the twenty five euro, and we can just be different. <laughs> I think. I think what you need to do is you need to get the spinning wheel back out. Remember the spinning wheel that we got to say what game you had to go to, and that would be what club <gasps> they would follow. That sounds so much fun. And I think we should. I think that should be a rite of passage, and I think we should do that with Hannah. Right, for next week, I will get the spinning wheel back out. So, Hannah, the rules essentially are you have, you have your own club, Stockport County. Yeah. We, we, we all know it. We admit it. We accept you for your sins. All right, thanks. But what happens is you spin the wheel, and it's got yeah. the other 23 League Two teams. And whichever mm-hmm. one it lands on at some stage in the season, you have to get to a home game and okay. vlog the day as a home fan. But we let the all fans right. know that you're coming, so you, you meet with a group, you interview – you do whatever you need to do. I did. Okay. I, I did your. I did you guys last year. I had Stockport, um, and then somehow I remember you went to the Nelson and the uh, whatever else we did. What else yeah. did we do? Oh, it was the fan march. The fan march. I did the fan march, and then some reason I ended up doing Grants, which was Salford. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say I'll do. So. I've already done Salford, so yeah. But that that it was it was good. It was fun, and we used to ask all his guests to do it. And Fifey from Fools Rush In, uh, big shout out to the Fools Rush In guys. Fifey did. Um, Mansfield, he Ooh. went to Mansfield for a game on his own and just went in as a fan. And it was like it's really good. Um, I mean, you, you don't need to like. go full. You don't need to go full incognito like Chal did on Thursday <laughs> in, the, in the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> still haven't I quite recovered like, well, from that. Like I'd quite like MK Dons because like could properly spread out. Know what you wouldn't have to interact with other home fans if you didn't want to, and I could go back to Cinnabon. Listen, we can I can rig it if you want. Um, <laughs> well, look, we might as well before we get into the games of the weekend. You've mentioned MK Dons. Let's 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 talk about it. the big talking point now. Is yeah. that we have the fourth managerial casualty of the season. Um, currently, four clubs in League Two looking for managers. I I feel like the other three have been waiting for this fourth to happen. Yeah. Because I feel like all three want to talk to Graham Alexander, yes. who has left today. Um, yeah. What do you think, guys? What are your thoughts on him leaving? I wouldn't be surprised as well if it then triggered maybe another one or two departures because we're at a point where the, you know, whatever we're up to now, four. Yes, they 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 all need incoming managers, but you know if anyone else is on the fence, thinking maybe Salford potentially, they're not, yeah, they're not going to be. I mean, I know everything about Matt Gray, but you know the the state of it. Um, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they're they're not going to want to risk losing the opportunity while these uh, managers are on the market. So I think there might be more to come yet. It'd be interesting to know who's applying for the jobs as well. Um, Bradford CEO did an interview last week and said that they've had the most applicants that they've ever had in a managerial job. Um, which, really? Yeah, which, which to me does show when I was talking a, a few weeks back about the commercially the commercial power of having Mark Hughes. Yeah. I feel like it yeah, has yeah. really put us in a position where more people have put eyes on the club. But he uh, he said that it's 
it's not just out of work managers, it's managers currently in work that have been applying and getting in touch. So managers are wanting to leave clubs as well. Um, I don't know who, I mean, be brutally honest, one of them who's in it every single time is Steve Evans. He will he be in it this time i don't know but he's applied every single time and he seems to have a, it'd be a real soft steve it'd be really interesting to see if steve evans was in there because he is still lying with steve isn't he unexpectedly this season well i thought that until they lost on saturday and steve evans obviously i know this is league one and we've got the league one podcast guys if you want a full <laughs> if you want a full summary on it get over to them when it's out it'll be out around the same time as this but um steve evans said afterwards that he wanted VAR in the lower leagues yes. and their their fans Stevenish fans were actually quoting the, the statement and saying I'd rather us focus on why we've been terrible this last few games so the, the fans are starting to ask questions mm-hmm. um, and do you know what I, I think uh, look, I know we don't cover Stevenage anymore but I, I don't think it's a case of asking why they've been bad this last few games I think the question is why have they been so good this last year and a mm-hmm. half because yeah. Stevenage being a poor Stevenage struggling in League One is probably what is expected. Like that's the that's yeah. that's normal. I think the last I, thing you said to I think the last thing you said to Matt Farley when we spoke to him last season was see you next season when you come back down <laughs> bottom of the league. Well it, it's a, and Ryan producer Ryan is here, he's in the in the chat and he's just said to us there and he's he's spot on. Steve Evans always does this. He gets promoted, it gets difficult, and he jumps ship. He he always does this he's every single time he's done it after his year after getting promoted he's left and he's moved on to somewhere else and that's why look steve evans has made no secrets to the fact that he wants to manage bradford city he he has um the bradford fans won't take it at all like i will not be happy with steve evans as bradford manager would you not though if he got no. you promoted you wouldn't be happy with it no no you've no it's about every every man no come on no, it's, about, it's, it's not football it's not football reasons it's not football reasons it's 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 about having some some morals and some standards in and standing by look it's would you let right if you wanted your house decorating grant and if you like those, I'm right, worried right, about this is where this is right, going. No, no, <laughs> let's, right, if you wanted your house decorating and you were looking for someone to decorate, and there were loads of people out there that were looking to do decorating jobs, but Steve Evans or the person or this random decorator would do a really good job for you. But ten years ago, he flashed your misses. Would you would you <laughs> would you let him in the house to do it, or would you go? Do you know what? I'll use these others because. I, like, would you would you put your would you let that man who swung his who helicoptered his dick and said derogatory and sexist things to your missus ten years ago? Would you want him in your house? And like for me, I think we've got the her game two girls that are involved. We've got the women's team. It, it's granted the woman that he did it to is not there anymore, but there there are a lot of women that work at that club. And I think when you that's something you can't recover from. I'm not holding it against him in terms of I don't hate him because of it. But he cannot be our manager because of that. Yeah, that's yeah. my thought. Like he, he, that's unrecoverable. If he'd done it at another club, it's different. But he didn't. He did it with us. And if he'd done it at Stockport, I'd feel what like... is it though? Like what? Yeah. How can you have different standards just because it was? You're not the. Oh, I mean, you're not the victim either way. But that. Why does it make a difference? Because it's returning to the scene of the crime. Like you, you basically, it's like if someone robbed you and then you invite them round for tea. Like it's not like they're going to never go for tea. Yeah, but you'd invite else them round. To, you'd invite them round for tea if they'd rob me. Yeah, of course I would. 
but they've not robbed me. No, the, but my point is, he's gonna he's gonna get a job elsewhere. But yeah, it's 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 more. It's I think it's a principle thing. Like it wasn't just there was a lot of stuff that went on at that point in that that whole yeah. that day. That twenty four hours was wild. Um. And look, I, it's, it's, I'm not Pete Wilde. No disrespect to Steve Evans in that. Like, what he's done with Stephen is just phenomenal. And he is a great manager. And I probably am cutting my nose off to spite my face as a fan. Like, that's that's part of it. Like, it's, yeah, but kind of got to stand by it. So, yeah, no, let's, let's, Ryan's telling us to move on, but shut up, Ryan. So, um, Aaron, <laughs> uh, Aaron Diskin, he's joined the, uh, the team. He, one of the things he said is that it's almost identical to when Graham Alexander was sacked at Salford. So it yeah. was uh, COVID times, 2-0 up, ended up losing 3-2 with very late uh, goals and was subsequently sacked. Same. And now, yeah, and now, right. Salford fans and well, Salford right. as a club have said that was the mm -hmm. wrong decision. Yeah, you, you don't come across managers that maintain a forty-eight percent win percentage. Yeah, you just don't. It's funny though, isn't it? Because he always said that he wouldn't go down to League Two, and you yeah. wonder now whether that actually was the right decision or it's it's the fit with mk dons because i remember when he, when they signed him over the summer we were you know right it's a great appointment mk dons clearly mean business they're you know down for a season they're going back up it's a um a commitment to to that goal and it's i mean he started great he was manager of the month in august to be then sacked in mid-october and I think that's they are. He's shown that they're able to do really good things on the ball, um, mm -hmm. but it's just he's had a rough run. Um, yeah. Look, I I don't doubt in my mind that the second that that was announced, or the second there was a sniff that that was going to be announced, that Ryan Sparks was on the phone to Graham Alexander to talk mm. to Brad. Brad Gallinson at Grims. Uh, sorry, probably Julian. already been in conversation with them because I think this has been on the cards for quite yeah. some number of the weeks now. For Graham yeah. Alexander, we've seen it all yeah. over MK Don's Twitter. Their fans have been just furious. They've been bored with the style of play that he's brought in, and then I think at the weekend it just it just topped it all off. Then being two 0 up, and then just coming back in and letting Barrow come back into the game and his interview after you could see he was so oh my downtrodden goodness. after yeah. that it was like I just yeah I give up he looked broken didn't he and the yeah. you know if you haven't seen it it's worth it's worth watching and there was one that I retweeted on Saturday night that was a guy who'd kind of clipped out the the most salient or most uh kind of newsworthy bits out of it but yeah he looks he looks absolutely and he probably knew what his fate was at that point i'd say i'm going to bring something that's completely irrelevant to lead to not the best manager interview from the weekend though is it <laughs> no it's not <laughs> oh my god ryan's best friend oh, mark white mark white um, Mark White. Maybe that's the new Pete Wilde. Once once Pete Wilde gets that big job, we uh we we just start tweeting Mark White. And that's I it. mean, I've never I mean someone said to me yesterday, well that that's what he does. This isn't anything particularly exceptional, but I don't think many 
managers say, and I quote, that their team were fucking shit. But do you not think that the, the thing with Mark White is he's that club is being bankrolled by social media, and mm-hmm. that's why he does these things. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but as has just been pointed out to us, that what's going to happen? He's the owner of the club, mm-hmm. so he can do it and he can get away with it. And yeah. it, do you know what? It creates amazing content for for people like us that are, that yeah. are just looking for, to talk about football because you know he's he's it's worked because we're on a league league two podcast talking about well right and he thought he got himself onto the Wrexham documentary as well didn't he yeah. and he uh he's always putting money behind the bar for away fans which again does wonders on social media absolutely I, I really like the guy and that that's that I, I reached out actually a while ago about interviewing him, but they just said he's that busy. They, he yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but but it, it will happen. Um what I will say is that yeah, Graham Alexander has to be top of the list for three the other three teams in League Two. He has to be top of the list. Um I don't think he'll touch Tramia in the slightest. I no. really don't. Um who will touch Tramia just now though? Dave I'm, I'm, start, I'm starting to get concerned. I'm start, genuinely starting to get concerned about Tranmere. Dave Artel will end up at Tranmere. I, I think he will. Um, I think Dave Artel ends up at Tranmere. I think Graham Alexander ends up at Bradford. Um, I don't know who Gillingham end up with. Uh, God, that's no idea. Um, possibly still yeah, Scotland. Even Carl Robinson's uh, gone quiet, hasn't it? And, and although I've they, I'm sure someone said over the weekend that they fully expected Steve Bruce to be announced today or tomorrow. No, no. So I actually found out about that. They stumbled on wage. There was a dispute right. and, and Gillingham pulled out. Um, they're right. expecting Carl Robinson to go back to MK. Uh, that's, a, that's a conversation that's been had uh, amongst fans. That, all... that was a really early conversation, though, as soon as we've seen that Alexander's gone. They were saying that Robinson Might should win. be coming in imminently. He's going to be the right man to bring it in. But yeah, another name's been thrown into the mix, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Mike yeah. Williamson at Gateshead. Mm. Um, we had Ethan Pye went to Gateshead on loan last season and came back transformed. He's kind of gone straight back into the first team. Straight back into the first team. He's gone straight into the first team. Uh, and we've sent Billy Chadwick there this season. So they're clearly. He, Dave Artell said when um, when he spoke to us that it was about you know making players better as as much as managing and getting results and you know, Mike Williamson's obviously been doing that at Gateshead. So other players that came into the league, such as Owen Bailey coming up to Doncaster, a player who's really developed at Gateshead, he's just been phenomenal mm-hmm. and probably one of Doncaster's better players this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we're looking at this and we're looking at what clubs are actually doing, you can see which clubs, by the managers that they're linked with, you can see which clubs are just looking for a quick fix and which clubs are looking at a project. Um, because I haven't seen Mag Williamson linked with Gillingham. No. I haven't seen him linked with Tramia. I've seen him linked with Bradford. I've seen him linked now with, with MK. And it looks like a lot of MK fans are saying bring back Robinson, but it, it looks and... We've had conversations with people in strong positions, similar to when we knew that Alexander was going to be announced before the club said anything, and it wasn't even a, it wasn't even in the odds, and we found out, <laughs> and put it out um, that Mike Williamson seems to be 
the appointment for MK that seems to have been done, dusted, and awaiting announcement. Whether or not that actually happens, don't know. But um, yeah, that'll be a huge one. I'd be a think. massive appointment for Williamson, and I think MK Dons fans, as I was saying this to you earlier on, just need to trust the process. Let him get in, let him, let him bed in his style of football, his play, and he will be a phenomenal long-term asset to them. I was speaking to someone earlier on, and I put out on Twitter, I was like, just think two words, Pete Wilde. Yeah. Think along those same lines. What mm. he done when he came to Barrow and brought them up and had them finishing not far outside the playoffs. Yeah. What he built, what he has built, and what he had built with Barrow is phenomenal. I think if you give Williams in the same sort of time at MK Dons, he can work wonders because he's a phenomenal manager who I think is long overdue in the FL slot. The issue is, and this is where I think that MK Dons will like they'll take that, the fans will take that and say, Look, let's compare with Pete Wilde. But Pete Wilde hit the ground running mm-hmm. at Barrow, like game one. Sorry, mm-hmm. Hannah. Game one no, was, no, he was, did. was stopped. He had time to build his squad, though. You're looking yeah, at someone yeah, who can... his, first, his first competitive game, he, he went to one of the yeah. favourites to win the league and, and beat them. And then, you know, and then he beat Bradford the week after. It, like, he, he was up there and he was. Whoever, whoever MK get in, there has to be a very, very quick turnaround of, of results yeah. to, to be able to, to actually. I mean, the... The first thing I would do is, um, hey, sorry, phone Dan Kemp and get him to make sure he is back in January and he is oh, the first name on your team sheet because yeah. he's still he's still be absolutely firing. I, I genuinely think he is one of the best players in this league. Can you imagine a midfield of Dan Kemp and Jack Payne? It'd be, it'd be horrific to play it'd against. Imagine. Oh. Well, here's an interesting one for you. Um, do you know who'd do oh. really well in that team? Just get, just get McCurdy back on loan. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, imagine Payne, Kemp, and McCurdy all just running at you. That'd be horrific. The yeah. three of them back to the big man at the top. Yeah, it would be. Um, but here's, here's a conversation I had earlier, and I want to know your thoughts on this because I, I was baffled by this. And this is more about, like, we're talking about Dan Kemp and how he couldn't get into the MK team, and that's why he keeps getting loaned out. Mm-hmm. A Walsall fan spoke about Bradford earlier, and we're going to come on to games in a minute because we've spoke, we've touched on like MK. We'll talk about what, <laughs> what we've got to talk about actual games. No, yeah. but this Walsall fan was talking about Bradford, and he said, "We played you the other week," um, and he said, "Aside from Cook, Harry Lewis, um, I forgot, I'll get me get the full the full list of names up. Uh, Cook, there was something like Cook, Lewis, Matty Platt." And I think that was it. He said, no one else in the Bradford squad would get into the Walsall team. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, regardless of how we've played so far this season, we're, we're still above Walsall. and we, we consider this a terrible season. And mm-hmm. 95% of our squad got into the playoffs last season. Walsall didn't get close. And I was like, I said, Jamie Walker walks into Walsall's team. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. He walks into mm-hmm. Walsall's team. Mm-hmm. Richie Smallwood, who was shite we all thought he was shite and then Mark Hughes left and all of a sudden he went I'm mm-hmm. going to play them my way and he's been phenomenal Richie Smallwood gets into Walsall's team Sam Stubbs gets into most teams at this level without mm-hmm. question and then he said he, he mentioned Brad Halliday he went Brad Halliday possibly but I wouldn't put him in over their right back like Brad Halliday right now is consistently the best right back in League 2 and if there's one thing that Walsall are not at the moment, it's consistent in exactly. any way, shape, or form. 
How how often do you see uh, any club a player of the season being a defender, a right back? Mm -hmm. Because right mm -hmm. now, Bradford fans are saying Brad Halliday is our current player of the season. He has been our best player. And he's like, you won't get in the Walsall side. I'm like, sorry, mm -hmm. he would. I said, you're basing this off of one game. You beat us 3-1, three, three, I think it was, or 3 I don't know, I can't remember. I wiped it from my memory. It was Mark Hughes. Did. It was the one Charlotte did, wasn't it? Was it I think it was 3-1. Yeah. Um, but we were terrible. And I said at that point, uh, Walsall weren't any better. They were just poor. That was a theatrical re-entry there for anyone who wasn't seen it because it? it was cut out. But I, I actually did the full countdown and I stopped after three and just did the finger movements. Um, my my countdown was completely out of sync with your counting. Oh, I, I apologise profusely, Hannah. Well, um, I'm just concerned for producer Ryan and his editing skills. He'll, he'll well, he's got the skills to, you know, yeah. be fine. Look, I did my I did my finger work, and if there's one thing that I've always been told <laughs> I'm good at, it's my finger work. Um, let's, talk, let's talk about some football. <laughs> Who's uh, up first? It's me. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, anyone on YouTube can see I have... One and a half pages of notes. Not on this one game, on all of them. I'm not, I'm not that much in depth. <laughs> Let's talk about AFC Wimbledon versus Bradford. Let's talk about Kev Ball in full effect. Um, I actually saw earlier today BBC Radio Leeds tweet out saying that they were doing their show this evening and they wanted to know people's opinions on Bradford giving McDonald the job full-time. Mm -hmm. And I, I said that's ridiculous. Like, that, this is... We've won three games, one of which, if Swindon and Charlie Austin could score, could actually mm -hmm. finish. He could finish a meal, let alone a, a, a pass into the back of the net. We'd have lost the other game, a Johnson's Paid Trophy game, which we all don't care about, or a Papa John's Trophy, whatever we're calling it, the unnamed cup these days, which we don't mm -hmm. care about. So why would care? Like realistically, the only game that we've actually gone out and won and probably deserve to win was was Saturday. Give him three, four, five more games, and if he's still putting in these performances and results, then yeah, yeah. you've got to consider him. But I think from now we need to take our time. Disappointment's key. Find the right manager, find the right fit, leave him in charge, let him steer the ship, and get the right man in because this one is the big one. If this doesn't work, it's it's done. Um, game wise, so Kev, I'm calling him Kev. We're on first name terms now. Um, <laughs> First manager since Lenny Lawrence in 1994 to win the first three games. Whether yes, it's like that, yeah. mm. 29 years. That's how poor we've been. Um, whether, and that's interims, caretakers, everything that's yeah. included. First time in 29 years a manager has won his first three games at Bradford. Uh, well done, that man. Well done, that man. Players, for me, this is one thing that I noticed and I said it on the 606 last night, the players are playing for each other and they've got each other's backs and we've really missed this. Um, we saw Osadebi on Tuesday. Um, he got sent off on Tuesday because he, he dived in and defended, uh, oh, I can't remember who it was, I can't pronounce it, a, a book or something like that, I can't pronounce it. Um, probably just butchered that. He got butchered and chopped down and Osadebi ran in and defended, got himself a red card. On Saturday, mm -hmm. Alex Gilead was bullied on the ball for probably 15, 20 seconds by three players. So Smallwood just went through one. Um, and that was so good to see. And you could see like when when Osadebi scored, 
And this is a player who, in his 20 games for Mark Hughes, I don't think registered a shot on target, let alone a goal. He scored two in his last three, and every player ran to celebrate. Richie Smallwood screaming and fist-pumping to the fans. Mm-hmm. and You can just see how much it meant, and there's a lot of freedom to it, but it, it genuinely is like Smallwood and Osadebe and Liam Rydals, to a, to a point, are different players now. They are completely different under this. The, the game was scrappy. It was not a, a perfect performance, but as I said last night, if anyone who's not heard, we've learned how to kind of shit house wins and, yeah. and irritate teams, which we've 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 been too respectful. Um, from a Wimbledon perspective, a lot of their fans are mourning about this potential penalty, which mm-hmm. is borderline at best because I think it was outside the box. Um, but for me, if you are if you are mourning about a borderline penalty being the reason you lost, then you've had a very poor game. You're clutching, yeah. really, aren't you? Yeah, you're, you're clutching. You're really clutching there. Yeah. That's the only thing that you can say, well, if we got that, we'd have got a point. Then, really, you know, you need to look at the fact that... Actually, yeah, and then if the, the bloke he was on last night, because we talked about Harrogate, and Harrogate and Wimbledon have both had the same number of penalties awarded this season, so five yeah. already. Um, and he was saying that he he thinks, and I think he's probably reading too much into it, but, you know, I, the psychology of referees, I don't claim to understand, that the referee would know that they'd um, been awarded that many penalties. And so with something that was borderline, they'd probably kind of err on the side of caution and not give it. So they wouldn't get a reputation for being, you know, for being lenient towards Wimbledon. Well, look, either way, the guy went down so easily. And for mm. me, if you go down, if that's how they've been winning their penalties this season, well, the, re- then the, referees, yeah, the yeah. referees have picked up on it. And the referees are saying, do you know what? You're going down a, a swift breeze. Like, mm. that's all it takes. And, yeah, look, there's different angles that make it look bad. But what I will say is they doubled almost the, inter- the number of shots that Bradford had, but... They, they were only four of them. they had 21 shots only four on target they were very wasteful mm-hmm. um they, they kind of looked rattled and this is what i said last week um or was it last week yeah it was before, yeah it was a swindon after the swindon game when i came on on thursday on the breakdown it's like teams don't know how to approach bradford right now because we don't have a style of play we don't have a a set of tactics we've got an interim manager who's basically I, I don't think lads just go and play exactly, and I don't think McDonald is making the decisions as such. I feel like he's the head of it, and he's like he'll he'll sort of step in when it is. But I feel like the players have kind of got that freedom to go. I want to do this, and he'll go. Okay, let's try it. And I tell you, I tell you what, Harry Lewis looks like he's got his mojo back as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he kept. I think it's a confidence idea. thing as well. You know, they they've not had the the best starts of the season, and three wins on the trot. It it mm. confidence kind of comes and then is instilled by continued success so and i think the same is true of stockport county um and you know players like tanto who've you know, just seen a seen that they can do it and kind of prove themselves i guess yeah and, and i think when we look at how how we are playing and how we're uh, we're really struggling um in terms of or how we were struggling sort of before Mark Hughes left, because we tried to play that style that Alex Gilead said we tried to play top end Premier League style football with League Two players, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. 
teams now are struggling to work out how we're going to play. That's going to change. And this is why I think it will be wild for us, Pete Wilde. I think it will be wild for us to give McDonald the job at this point because we're going to get found out. We, we are. Yeah. Michael, Michael Flynn at Swindon, he's got found out. He's gone from yeah. scoring four or five goals in a game to now much closer results because teams have learned how to play. I think Notts County as well. Notts County. And 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 thing is with Wrexham, Wrexham were found out before the season started because they were they were on TV and publicised so much last season right. that everybody everyone saw knows what they're about. Yeah, everyone knew how they were going to play, and they tried to come in and play that way, and they were found out. And it's for us, we will get found out. We're going to come up against someone who's going to know how to manage it because we are playing with kind of a freedom. If we come up with mm -hmm. someone with come up against someone with a real rigid set style of play that will not deviate from it and will not try and play into our hands and adapt their game to combat ours, mm -hmm. that's when we'll get found out. And look, we've got Wrexham on Saturday, possibly. That's probably going to be the one where we do get found out. Mm -hmm. 22,500 fans expected. It's supposed to, They're expecting another League 2 record attendance uh, to be broken this weekend. So Wrexham have sold out. Wow. We, we'd wow. already sold over 20,000 already. Um, so we're expecting a full sellout which will be a, a a League Two record, which, yeah, look, can't be you. I'll look forward to the GoPro footage. Oh, you will look for because I finally worked out how to use the GoPro now. So I will be getting <laughs> um, some real shithousery done over the, uh, the, the, the game or before the game. So, yeah, no, look, AFC Wimbledon, not happy. But do you know what? Last season when we played them, we drew two all. They shithoused us. Um, so I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a shit housing win over over AFC Wimbledon. Who's next? Who's trying you? It's me. It's you. Good luck with this one. <laughs> do, do you know what? So this is you're now looking fourth top v fourth bottom. It's so tight at both ends of the table. Crew took a twin up and over Tranmere. The free kick that came in from Jack Powell for their first goal was phenomenal. What a ball in. Yeah. And it, Dimitri just met it perfectly. It was, a, it was a great bit of play from him. It's one of the best free kicks of the weekend for me. What a sign he's been for them, by the way. Hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, like to see he's he's been in the team of the week. I can't even remember. Like, and every time I see his name, like compared to when he was at Newport, yeah. just different player. Yeah. He's been credited, but he's been credited with both assists in the game. The second one, he, he set up, he laid off a free kick. Oh no, he's no, we're talking, we're talking about Dimitri. Oh, Dimitri, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Dimitri's been great. What? But, but what Powell as well. Powell as Powell's well. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He, yeah. he nearly ended up at Bradford. There was a there was a, a swap deal for Jake Young right. um, to go to Crawley, and Powell was coming to Bradford, and that fell through, which just makes you wonder, doesn't it, what, what could have been? And then oh, things just went from bad to worse for Tranmere. Oh, so McGee came out after a phenomenal run out and a great challenge to clear the ball away. It just landed it for a player, they pinged it. And I can only say it was just goalkeeper's instinct, what he tried to do, just to jump up and, and tip it. But it was outside the box by a, a good bit. And I can say I'm sure there was no other, there was no other decision for it because it was going to go in. Um, justice was kind of done. The resulting free kick was scored. Again, another great bit of play from them with Powell being credited with the assist. Um, Tranmere did come back close in with Connor Jennings, absolutely scudding the bar. Um, but then Davies picked up two bookings in the 96th minute and then the 102nd minute to get another red card to absolutely pile the misery and pressure onto Tranmere. They're sitting on they're sitting on ten points. I think there's what three or four teams now sitting on ten points, all sitting at the bottom end of the table. So it's getting really congested with teams fighting for that second bottom place just now. We're sitting what you're trying your Colchester and Forest Green all sitting on ten points. I um I've got a friend at work who's a trauma fan, and this morning the, the forecast call starts at ten o'clock, and I was like, Tim, Tim, they've sat Graham Alexander. He's like, I don't want to talk about football. <laughs> don't like football anymore. That's that's it. That's uh, yeah. And and to be they fair, are... I didn't want to talk about football until today. I'm still really pissed off about getting beat two 0 by Chester in the FA Cup. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got done by Chester. Yeah. What do you know? What like this is kind of what Tramier didn't need. Now, not only are they not getting the results, the disciplinary is now kind of going out the window, and players are losing their heads. And it really mm-hmm. has it, it has the ability for this to be a a real kind of shit yourself and send yourself down moment. I I think weirdly, and we're going to come on to Colchester Forest Green. Forest Green spanked Colchester. I think Colchester out of that bottom four are the safest. I, I expect we'll see in January they'll do the same as they did last year and, and make some really shrewd signings. I think Tranmere, Forest Green and Sutton are the three down yeah. there. And Colchester were the first team to beat Gillingham, weren't they? They, I think they yeah. they can adapt to playing style, exactly as you were talking about with, you know, getting found out. Um, they also beat Notts County by four as well, Colchester. Yeah, true. Well, there you go. So again, you know, similar defined playing style and being able to undo them. What's next? What's next? It's Hannah. Is it? It is, yeah. Is it it Doncaster Sutton? Uh, I believe it will be, yes. I'll just go, like, I've got my order. I wrote them down, so I'll just do them in that order. It's all good. Um, So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, so Doncaster. So you know, talking about how the ridiculousness of League Two, you go from Sutton, who beat Walsall last week four nil, to getting thumped by Doncaster four one. 
I hadn't realised uh, this is Donny's fourth home run, home win in a row. Uh, so they have got some really good home form, but they were at sixty four percent of possession, twelve shots, five shots on target, and Sutton's goal within the ninth minute, the ninety ninth minute of of injury time. They. Um, Donny kicked off with a penalty in the 17th minute, which Ironside took. And then other than that, I think Harry Smith, who was the one that scored Sutton's only goal, he had a decent shot that was saved well by um, Louis Jones in the first half. But other than that, there's not that much to say about it. And this is Doncaster's team who are now... Um, Climbing up the table. I mean, Sutton is still bottom. They've got seven points. Weirdly, though, those points have come from Notts County, Walsall, and then they drew with MK Dons. So, again, really odd results that are, you know, being pulled out of the bag by different teams. Uh, but Doncaster are achieving this kind of slow progression at the table with... 16 injuries they've got 19 fit players at the moment that they can build a squad from so you know with with them um hitting form getting people back from injury i think we expect them to to climb up and sutton although given their position they played and i've not looked at the teams in fairness and i know that you have to have a certain number of first team players and you know in what's in the the nameless cup but they played crawley on the tuesday night and drew and won on penalties so you know i like i say don't know what the squads look like but they're not a walkover by any stretch of the imagination. And we've seen, obviously, Crawley didn't play at the weekend because um, Morecambe had international absences. Can we just talk uh, about how wild that sentence is? The game was called off Morecambe's... because Morecambe had international call-ups. Well, they're the only team now with two games in hand. And I think if they win, if they win both of their games in hand, they're like well up in the playoffs. Yep. They, they go up. If they win both of their games in hand, they go second. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Morecambe and international call-ups. Is, are they not two phrases that go together? They're transfer players. They're like under 21s and mm-hmm. their transfers, uh, loans rather. Which so, it shouldn't count for that. That shouldn't count well, in right. any way. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's um, mad is that. So yeah, that's so that's more come with, with two games in hand and Crawley and Doncaster and Sutton. I've done four teams in one go. There you go. Cracking. Next. Next is me. It's Forest Green Rovers and Colchester. Um, this game, look, we've said that. I've seen the fear in your eyes of wanting to talk about this game. <laughs> it, it's it's more about it shows the unpredictability of this league because right. we saw Sutton last week spank Walsall 4 0. And then we've seen Forest Green Rovers be, let's be honest, shit. They are terrible. And they turn up and they spank Colchester 5-0. Everything about it, no one saw no one saw a 5-0 win come in. And anyone that says they did is a liar. Um I still think, like I say, out of the two, I think Forest Green are the ones that are in danger. I don't think Colchester United are. I think Colchester in this in the in January, sorry, will make similar signs to what they did last year and they'll they'll pull away. Um 
people say that Forest Green might do that, but again, Forest Green might do that. Colchester will do that. We've yeah, seen them do okay. it. Um, yeah, straight for it. Yeah, and, and look, I heard you guys talking about last week on the on the breakdown, and I think you mentioned it on the podcast as well last week about uh, while I was sun lounging in Mallorca, chilling out, uh, yeah, yeah. beer in hand. Um, I, I can't wait to do this to you this week. Just, I'm just saying. Hannah, <laughs> uh, talking like I won't lay down on this podcast with a beer in hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> trust me, I, I will make myself more relaxed than you are. Um, Remember, but, me and Liam used to do this drunk. We did. We did used to do this drunk. Chris, well, I'm sorry, what's his name? The other former horse that we had, he used to do it drunk as well, but we didn't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it. You mentioned it was a really good point last week, and this is why Forest Green may do it in January. They've got the plans for their new ground. Can they sustain mm-hmm. that and still go down? Mm-hmm. May, maybe they can because he's got the businesses that have the funds and. It's a project, and look, we we don't know, but the game overall, not a good day at the office for for Colchester no. in any way, shape, or form. There's there's not much to say on Forest Green. It, it was it was a good performance by them, and I think a five nil is always a good performance, as you yeah, know, Hannah. Um, you know, five nil, <laughs> yeah. but you know, beating Colchester five nil is not as much to shout about as beating someone like Wrexham. I still think, as I say, I think Forest Green are in trouble. This is a this is a blip for both of those teams. I don't see Colchester getting spanked five nil very often, um, but I see that happening to Forest Green quite a lot. I think that, that Troy Dean is not the, the guy that they think he is. Could be, imp- could be a really important result though. Come the end of the season, those three points, those five goals, could goal be difference massive for Forest Green. Yeah, could be yeah. huge. Um, and I, I think. Like- that- the difference between that game and like the the tramway, like Jay Mingy being sent off, felt either it it complete. I mean, they were only one nil down at that point. Mm-hmm. It either completely destabilised them or yeah. Forest Green took massive advantage of because some play, like Stockport County really really struggled to play against ten, really struggle. Yeah. We never make the most of it, and either Forest Green did that or Colchester fell apart. Yeah, yeah, no, and that, I think. I think once that red card happened, the game just fell to bits. And then when the when the next goal goes in, it's it's game over. It's it's kind of damage limitations at that point. And that's I, I feel like I, I, Colchester as a team, I feel will be fine because they'll make those investments. I don't think Ben Garner will be there for January. Yeah, I, I think he's next. I think him. I think he has to go next because they they just can't afford. I don't think Gray Matt Gray will go. I think Sutton will ride it out with him um, until the fans start really kicking and screaming. But yeah, See, for me, when we were doing this, which managers are safe, the, the homework that we said that we never actually done, I think the Sutton manager has done enough over the last three or four seasons with Sutton. He's gotten oh. promoted. They've done all the ground improvements. He had them there or thereabouts. Their squad's be decimated. They'll go down. They'll, re- they'll rebuild under him again in the National League. I think yeah. he's done enough to be safe this season. I don't. I don't think they're going to go down kicking and crying. No, but I, I think they'll go down without yeah. without a whimper. And and I think I think the thing to look at with him is that they'll know that the national league is a is a different beast this time. It's not the hard league that it was. Yeah. The big teams mm-hmm. have got out of it this season. We're probably going to see Chesterfield leave as well, which then leaves, you know, and, and someone else is obviously going to come. But it it leaves it. Rochdale, Oldham, but... Hartlepool. Yeah, and and then at that point you've got a really kind of more level playing field and a, the Sutton team and the Sutton club as it is now, they fit into that and they kind of fit into that higher end of quality in the National League. It, yeah, I don't think 
I think Gracie, I think Bengana goes. I think that it'll be it'll be sooner rather than later that Bengana will go and Swindon fans will love it because that'll be his second sacking since he left. Um I'll tell you what, speaking of managers under pressure and red cards changing games. <laughs> Grimsby nil Accrington Stanley too. From what I can only say, it looked as if it was the stalest first half. Yeah. That it was there. There was just nothing mm-hmm. at all in that first half. It completely changed. I am kind of halfway into the second half when it was screaming for something to happen. I looked waterfall, got his marching orders off a high foot. It was just reckless from waterfall, really. Accrington, all I can say is responded with maybe the goal of the week. From Wally, have you seen it yet? What a strike. If you've not seen it, go and watch the highlights of this game purely for that for that goal. It was a phenomenal goal. I Pritchard shortly after thought he could go for one even better, and he leathered it from even further out, but it was met by the angle. If that would have went in, that would have topped off Wally's goal. And the boos were ringing out, though, after I, yeah. the visitors doubled their leads. Andrews meeting the end of Nolan's cross. Again, another great cross in. Good header. Grimsby fans are not happy with Hurst at the moment. He is under serious, serious pressure. After having a great cup run last season, a solid league performance, they are just tumbling down the table slowly. And the Mariners want more. We actually had them on the 6 or 6 last night. They were... They were explaining how unhappy they were, and it's kind of really shifted as this uh, this this Paul Hurst out movement. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like again, I, I, their owners very very tight, and they don't feel they feel like because of the cup run last season, he's he's bought himself more time. They they who are they playing this Saturday? Was it mentioned, Hannah? Are they, is it Sutton? No, it's oh, Stockport. Stockport, they're playing Stockport. Stockport. <laughs> The Grimsby fans last night that were on were saying they really hope they get spanked this weekend yeah. because they said if they beat Stockport this weekend, that buys Hurst another one to two months and they can't afford to give him one to two months. They, they want to lose on Saturday. It's, it's about taking mm-hmm. it, the way it was described, was taking a step back to move forwards. Yeah. Saturday, they want to see Stockport decimate them and that will then be the... That's got to then be that point of Hurst out and the fans will then all turn... And then he goes. Um, if he fans goes always, up. after a good cup run, want to see a lot of investment in your club, though, and the team, and the well, first team. And they, they want to see a successful season. You've seen it at Hartlepool last season. We had a good cup run. Everyone said, right, we want investment in the team. And it just didn't happen. We slipped down the league. We got relegated. Yeah. But Grimsby, by contrast, have been really, really transparent about that money from the cup run, how much they mm-hmm. earned, what they've spent it on. Um, but you know, Jack and uh, I can't remember what the other lad was called last Jill. night. <laughs> Jack and Jill um, were saying that you know that that kind of goodwill associated to the cup run has expired now very much. Yeah, it does. You, you can um, dine out on it for so long. Yeah, you really can. And look, I mean, we, we mentioned it earlier. We're seeing fans at Stevenage question Steve Evans in League One after the season they had last year. We've seen fans question Richie uh, Richie Wellens after the season they had last year. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does. I mean, look, Bradford. We got to the playoffs last year for the first season yeah. in a long time. We actually moved forward as a club, and ten games in, we were demanding the manager out. 
um, that goodwill only lasts so long. It's and Salford. It's, it's a feckled sport as football, isn't it? It is, but unfortunately, yeah. while, whilst you've got kind of a, a, a model where people come and pay weekly to, you know, buy food, buy merchandise, things like that, you've kind of got to act upon what the fans want. Um, I don't know what I'm missing here because everybody's giggling. <laughs> and I feel like I've missed something. Um, uh, it's okay, we move on. We'll move on. <laughs> no, do you know what? I'm going to mention it. So, League Two fans, you all know who Aaron Challoner is. So, right now, whilst we're recording live, they're doing a test pod for a few people that have joined Look Sports Media to become and want to do things like this and hosting on different pods that we're doing and stuff like that. Aaron Challoner is one of the test hosts tonight and has just introduced himself as a trainee actor. I mean, after his display at Edgley Park last week, it's fair, maybe. The many hats of Aaron Challoner. <laughs> I, should, I, we, I have, should we move, move on, on to the next game? Definitely what, what got a touch of the dramatics. Yeah, what was the next? I'll send it to you later. Charlotte's just sent me a text message saying, can you play your voice, your voice message? And I'm like, I won't do that without having listened to it. But she says that she, it's like, it's some kind of song, I think. And it says, we're top of the league. We're top of the league in your face, Bradford, silly man. Um, but... You know, like on iOS 17 now, you get like a, a what's it called? In? Like a transcript of the voice recording. So it starts off, wake up with Billy, wake up with your, you're off the league, ain't your face Bradford silly fan. So I'll share that with you later. Something to look forward to. Um, stop what I'm doing. Just, just, just do me a favour, just text her back and say, at least I've never had to watch my side travel to Spennymoor Town. <laughs> In fairness, Charlotte never has either, but she, she did go to Chester. Oh, um, I've Chester. Stop talking about Chester, it's giving me PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have to worry about, you know, buying drinks and food out of the back of a van um, <laughs> or a multi-pack of carling that's been bought oh, from Tesco's that morning still warm yeah. out of the back of a Ford Fiesta parked oh, at the side of a field whilst a thousand people share a porter cabin. She um, doesn't know she's alive although that pretty much happened at Harrogate on Saturday the sharing yeah, of yeah, yeah, cabin thing. Um, so yeah it was uh, so Stockport go top of the league uh, two points clear and it was it was fun and I got um, questioned on our whatsapp group on saturday as to whether it was acceptable to scoreboard watch at this time of the season and i think because we knew that obviously the the result was going the way it was between Notts county and mansfield um sars was I, i'm i've not always been anthony sarsovich's biggest fan uh, but he is properly on form this season and I think Will Collar as well. Will Collar was great last year, but then towards the end of the season struggled. He had that very odd, uh, fluky injury and then really didn't particularly impress like throughout the playoff campaign. He, whether it's a bit of competition from little Louis Barry as the, as the golden child of Stockport or whether he's 
just I don't know reinvigorated and and doesn't have the pressure from you know potential like business with other clubs going on anymore uh, he's been he's been great so it's Harrogate's third straight home defeat and Stockport didn't really need second gear Josh Marsh was good he hit the um hit the bar honestly was unlucky I think but apart from that, we've seen that, like you see that in match reports throughout the season, that um, Harrogate will say, you know, or they, they they put pressure on and, you know, they, they had chances and they just don't ever capitalise on them and don't take the opportunity. They've mm -hmm. still got Rob McDonald out. Um, they've still got Levi Sutton out, Alan Armstrong Luke Armstrong, Alan Armstrong is Luke Armstrong's dad. Luke Armstrong was on the bench. Um, so he is back. I think the last time he played properly was against Bradford. So he's not been playing. I mean, I assume injured, but I don't know. I mean, Simon Weaver did say after the whole Wrexham fiasco that it was he was going to give him time and, and what have you, but he hasn't really featured. Um, but... Yeah, otherwise, I don't know. I think, yeah, Stockport didn't really hit second gear. I said last night on the 606, I checked the pitch and it wasn't narrower. I think it is, but you can't, I don't know how, when I'm looking at that's from and to compare them to. Um, yeah, it was it, it, it felt kind of pedestrian and it felt like Stockport didn't need to get into second gear despite you know, there was a fair amount of pressure at times from Harrogate. Yeah. So, yes. Can we... Like, and were amazing and totally worth... Like, I, I didn't misremember them, which I was concerned about. Well, we said um, last night on the 606, Grant, you, you weren't there for it, so I'll, I'll say it to you. Um, there's people every year that say they want Harrogate to go down. The only people who want Harrogate to go down are the people who have never been to Harrogate because it's a great away day. It, it wow. really is. Well, like Harrogate. The food is great. Food is mega. Yeah, like it, it's the people that want them to go down. Mansfield, because Mansfield seem to always lose. Doncaster, because Doncaster always lose. Bradford, because apart from last season, we always lose. We've lost again this season. Um, it's fans that just can't seem to get their club to, to win. But as far as the away day, it's brilliant. If you go to a nice Saturday in Harrogate, beautiful, beautiful. It was it's one nice. of the best places in the league to go for an away day. If you, if, I didn't, if I'm going on with, with a group of friends, I've not got kids, things like that, Harrogate, there's nothing that compares to that Harrogate away day. Yeah. Um, Although, awesome. and I think it was similar last year, and I, I think I said this last night too, the atmosphere was really weird. Like, mm. just flat completely flat and that's not like stockport fans i mean the allocation at the moment the away allocation is 450 uh because they've got that end behind the goals it was it closed just before our game last season so we ended up selling tickets for that area and all being squashed in and it wasn't very pleasant whereas this time they just didn't sell it and it's got scaffolding up and that's where the porter cabin situation is so two ladies porter cabins and i think three for the men which is 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 ace for an entire stand um but yeah it was a lovely sunny day and it was a a nice a nice day at the football it's just a nice place to go and apart from the football when i go um oh, yeah. but yeah 
Right, who's next? Is it me? I was going to say, next up we have MK Dons v Barrett. We briefly mentioned this one. but We have. Um, Alexander Swansong. That was it. It was That was all he wrote. <laughs> He had his he had his brief spell at MK Dons and he was he, he was yeah taken out. Was he sacked too soon, guys? I think it's just right. Do I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think if it wasn't now, it would have been two, three weeks down the line. And this is now giving a new manager to come in sufficient time. Through November, all of December to really assess what they've got and bring in new heads in January. I think this is plenty of time. I, I think a couple of weeks too late would a little bit down the line would have been too late. Yeah, I think his position kind of with the fan base and with the players potentially just became a bit toxic and untenable. Yeah. And yeah, the players didn't really gel with his style of football and they've I mean they've got their own issues as well and and Jonathan said to us a couple of weeks ago on the breakdown about how they've got a significant amount of dead wood in terms of older like as in historically um historical contracts that haven't necessarily been offset by new signings that they've brought in so I don't think it's all Alexander but I think he it would have just like like Grimsby maybe you know even if they'd have had a couple of good runs then you know a month down the line they'd be calling for him to get out again so I think Saturday can't be blamed on Alexander he's done he's won he basically a 2-0 win on Saturday paints a different story and and they played and did well up until the 93rd minute and that's all it was they were winning 2-0 until the 93rd minute that's on the players that's on the players for switching off mm. for that two to three. And they did. Like, I watched it happening. Mm. Like, I saw that the first goal had gone in because obviously the streams and I follow are, are slightly delayed. So I switched over quickly and I put it on and I was like, Whitfield scored, by the way, Ben Whitfield, first goal of the season. He's obviously had that big injury that he's dealt with. He's only come back the last few weeks and he's been coming on as a sub. Came on on Saturday and changed it for them again. It's what he used to do when he got left out of the squad last season. He was coming on, he was changing it. Whitfield's back. Hopefully, Can talk about Barrow's graphic. What is that all about with him holding a dart? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand a lot of Barrow's. Yeah, a lot of Barrow's graphic and social media stuff doesn't make much sense, but we love Barrow for it because they are just, they just don't give a shit. And I think that's the funny thing about it. But uh, yeah, Hannah will find it and show you it. But yeah, it, Whitfield's come back and then Emil is Aqua. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he scores a winner two minutes later. Takes a deflection. Didn't look like it took a deflection at first, but it, it apparently did take a deflection. It's looped over the keeper, and uh, it, it finishes 2-all. If that game finishes 2-0, two, two that's it's a completely different look. It's, it's a two-minute period of the game where MK let it slip. Um, look, Pete Wilde has, has instilled at Barrow this kind of never-say-die never attitude. Mm-hmm. They're never out. They they did it against us last season. We we equalised in the ninety first or ninety second minute. They went straight up the other end from kickoff, and Whitfield scored mm-hmm. the winner yeah. against his, his hometown squad. You you know he scored that goal against yourselves, Hannah, didn't he as well? I love to just bring that up. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a great day. But yeah, two, favorite two, goal he's two, ever scored. Favorite, favorite goal has been asked about it countless times. <laughs> um, it's because Charlotte was a mascot. It was uh, she obviously. Brought well, he said like, that. He said he said Charlotte was a mascot, yeah. and that's why I loved scoring that goal. He said I love nothing yeah. more than making kids yeah, cry. She really enjoyed it. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, two two very good goals from from uh, Barrow to salvage a point there. It, it unfortunately, yeah, it's it's spelled the end of Graham Alexander's time. But you know, let's be honest, their loss is someone else's gain. I, I reckon in the long run, I think it's bizarre if if MK haven't got a plan. If MK Dons don't have a plan as to who they're going to bring in and someone already sort of lined up, then it's a I'm that's sure. why I think it's too soon. Same with Gillingham. I think that unless there's yeah. kind of mitigating circumstances, which we don't fully know about, although we hear rumours, sacking Harris was a wild decision when you mm. didn't have someone lined up. But yeah, look, yeah. It, uh, by all by all accounts, MK Dons seemed to play well on Saturday. It just fell apart in that last five minutes. Um, it's been, like, potentially yeah. when you're listening to this, I think whenever you, you guys listen to this, I think we'll probably see a new manager. A new manager will be in. Yeah, you'd Dons. hope so. Yeah, you would you would hope so. Um I, I think I think by this time next week, two of the four clubs will have managers that are looking currently. I think that that's where we'll, we'll be. Um but yeah, not much else to write about Which that. Two, Bradford and MK Dons, I'd go with, I think, yeah. the two of yeah, the four. I, I think that I think that Bradford do end up with Alexander, and I think that Alexander have Williamson or someone lined up ready to go. Yeah. Um we may see Gillingham. I still don't think we'll see Tranmere because I I don't know who <sighs> I don't I think I think Dave Artell ends up there, but I feel like they've got a lot of work to convince. Do you him not? Do you not think if he ended up there, he would have been there by now? Depends. It depends if they were, if he wasn't their number one, mm-hmm. and they had like similar. I, I think that a lot of people, all three clubs, saw the Graham Alexander side of things and will have wanted to speak to Graham Alexander. Um, and that's that's all I think it is. And then when I think when they find out. What where Graham Alexander's mind's at because here's the thing, great. We're all saying that Graham Alexander's going to end up at Bradford, that's what I think. But he might decide, do you know what? I, I I'm taking another break, yeah. I'm gonna take another I break. This, yeah, the other thing with Tranmere as well is they've had I don't know what three or four games now under Adkins, yeah. It's clearly not the manager, they've got more fundamental problems than just you know, like we've mm-hmm. seen. How Bradford have changed uh, without Mark Hughes. We've not seen that. Well, we did. Yes, they had a yeah, they had a, a very quick new manager bounce and then have slipped back. And but that shows that how bad we work. were as well, by the way. That shows how <laughs> bad we were under Mark Hughes because well, right. But that would I think that will work in Dave Artel's favour if that's something that he wants. They you know, at Tramir, the the owners, the board will be thinking more you know, more long-term now rather than quick recovery, climb the league. Well, I would if I was them, um, you know, in the in the weeks that have followed Ian Dawes' departure. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Um, yeah, so aside from yeah, MK Barrow, two all, one team will be happy. I imagine right now both teams will be pleased with that uh, barrow for salvaging a point and the mk fans because they got what they wanted pushing it yeah 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 who is next would it be uh, it's me swindon b newport do you want so me that's... can i can i do one of mine because otherwise i've got two in a row and that's just weird yeah go on Hannah. do, do you your right i'll do then... i'll do walsall gillingham because well, be- before you go on that go on an- another hat trick yeah yeah I'm and possibly the weirdest sending off you will right. see well, all the season. Like, and it's like the weird thing about it as well is that I think it was 28 minutes in. Keith Grant, Miller. Sorry, Grant, do you know about this? 
No, I've not seen it yet. Oh, oh, do you know about it, though? Do you know what it was? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so Keith Millen, who is Gillingham's interim manager, Tom Knowles went to take a quick throw-in, and Keith Millen, about as blatantly as you can possibly imagine, sticks his foot out to trip him over. <laughs> Just kicks him. Trips him up, gets himself sent at the manager. It's, so bizarre. it's not even like there was like a melee going on and he could get away with it. No. Like the, the ball was next to him. Noel's ran off the pitch to get the ball and he just stepped up and stuck his leg out. Like it's, it's the like, most insane thing. It's I, I know I'd love to ask him, and I bet he'll probably say, Oh, do you know what? I had this really weird out-of-body moment where yeah. I just like reverted to being a child because it was it was so blatant. So he was sent off after 28 minutes. Um, I mean, he knows how dangerous Tom Knowles' throw-ins can be, so... Well, maybe, and maybe he was slightly pissed off that he was taking it quick. I don't know. It was just weird. Can we just um, actually rephrase that? A friend of the show, Tom Knowles, who's not allowed to be a friend <laughs> of the show, um, but he is a friend of the show. Yeah. Thank um, you. But... Uh, Gillingham had 68% of possession and still ended up losing 4-1. It's uh, We said at the beginning of the season that when we, when we were still in the transfer window that they were not strong up front. They were lacking a striker. And here we are, mid-October. They've got no manager. They've scored. They're on a minus four goal difference. They're seventh in the table, yeah. So then they've not dropped uh, considerably, and you know we know how tight it is at the top. But yeah, they're just absolutely floundering, um, and not the uh, the outfit that they looked like at the beginning of the season. Although saying that, at the beginning of the season they weren't. You know they were winning by one like one goal, it was one all, one nil. This is my thing on that. I feel like Gillingham this season are going to be the Swindon of last season. Because Mm. Swindon Swindon weren't playing great football. They weren't smashing teams. But Scott Lindsay was grinding out results and they were up there. And, uh, and, And that's what was happening at Gillingham. Mm-hmm. They were grinding out results, and, and I feel like they're going to settle into mid-table obscurity this season, and I feel like they've kind of maybe, this is why I said pulled the trigger too soon. It yeah. just, it, well, I can't get behind them, unless, like I say, something else has gone on, um, and there are rumours, and we can, I mean, can we, we can talk about rumours, can't we? We can say, because it is say, a rumour. I think we can say allegedly. Yeah, so, so allegedly it was that... When Gillingham went to Crawley, there was an incident after the game, and I believe the police was called, and it involved. The well, yeah, we talked. We talked about it. It was one of my games, and there were two incidents mm-hmm. after the final whistle, and police were involved with both. And one was a fan one, and one was on the pitch. Yeah, and it was allegedly one of the. I think the assistant Neil Harris's assistant mm-hmm. was involved in an altercation, um, and the the alleged thing about Gillingham at the minute is that. Harris was called in and they spoke about how they needed to address that situation and to address it, they needed him to find a new assistant. They couldn't allow him to continue. And allegedly Harris said, no, I'm not willing to do that. And that's why 
Gillingham had to let Harris go because he wasn't willing yeah. to, to play ball, which which that makes sense. Um, it does, and it makes sense with the the cr- cr- chronology that's followed in terms of the um, the delay in them appointing someone. And Brad Gallanson has has talked on social media about you know that they're taking their time, they're interviewing internationally, they want to get it right, which very much is in conflict with the way that Neil Harris, it was announced, it was very quick, it was unexpected, and it was in keeping with them having someone lined up. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if what has gone on is, or what we've been led to believe has gone on, it all kind of makes sense. And that's similar to Bradford when they, were, when they got rid of Hughes. Um, they said that they would announce their new manager in due course. Mm-hmm. So that was like they had someone ready and mm-hmm. they obviously didn't. And that, like, yeah, mm-hmm. the wording of some of these statements has been wild, Pete Wild. Yeah, um, Pete Wild. And then there was Claire Harris who waded in on social yeah. media, which, which, you know, we said last week it could have been about Waitrose. We don't know that the snake that she was referring to was anyone related to Gillingham in any way, shape or form. But we do know. We we don't know, but we do. We all know that she's talking about Gillingham and she really uh she has to be. Um yeah, so that's targeted uh, Facebook post, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like who would who was the owner last season who who took to Facebook and it was Mans- uh, Mansfield. Mansfield's owner last season took to Facebook yeah. and asked fan uh, asked his friends openly on public posts, what should I do about Danny Johnson? Like there's look, certain people shouldn't be allowed near social media. Um they they really <laughs> are, you, are you one of those <laughs> well they but I've got no one to answer to. Um and that's why I'm fine to do it because you know we we say we're professionally unprofessional, so we, we stand by that. But I, I feel like there's there's a lot less media training at clubs these days than there needs to be. I think a lot of players yeah. need to be really shown yeah. how to handle situations on social media because it just, yeah, it, it goes the wrong way. And do you know, what? it's not even just players. It, like I say, a lot of the time it's, it's owners. It's people well, that are in that. It was like that whole um, Ben Barkley thing with uh, Carlisle and Stockport at the end of last season. Yeah. That could have been, you know, uh, could have been avoided with a quick webinar about you know what's sensible to post about your parent club. Yeah, I think we should make a jokey tutorial. We should make that <laughs> web- webinar. Yeah, um, yeah let's, let's do. Let's do make it. that webinar and put it out. We'll, I'll wear a right. suit and have a have like a whiteboard and like graphs and bar charts behind me. Yeah, back Ooh. to Swindon and Newport then. No, my tea's arrived, so we need to crack on. It's like me going back to last week. I've got three two nils in a row. What was it last week? I had three results that were similar in a row, or two low-scoring games. Now I've got three two nils in a I row. I had two four ones today, uh, which has got to be another another two nil. So I'm just wondering what is going on with two nil wins and me. But this is Swindon getting right back on the horse this week, coming back with another cold, first clean sheet in just over and uh, just under a month. The link up play for the first first goal between Austin and Dan Kemp was just stunning to see. Mm-hmm. It's like Kemp knew it's like Austin knew exactly where Kemp was going to be. Played that through ball. The Newport goalkeeper 
didn't. I don't know what he was doing that far off his line. Why he decided to come out to that angle. I am, um, but Kemp rounded him, placed the ball beautifully in that bottom corner. Great bit of play from Dan Kemp, just doing Dan Kemp things. Mm. Yeah. And that's his eighth goal of the season for Dan Kemp now. So he's just continuing the great form that he had last season and just keep on going this season. I, I really don't think it'll be long until we see him back in MK Don's top under their new with their new manager, whoever that may be that's coming in. Yeah. I'm Swindon fans, they must have been buzzing as well to see Hepburn Murphy back on the bench, just knowing that he's gonna come on and cause chaos. And he done done exactly that. He came on. I am fired the ball back in the net after coming off a rebound from Can's shot. He was never missing it. No. 2 0 Swindon back in the mix. Yeah. So Michael Flynn spoke a few weeks ago about how he expected them to get found out. Um, he said he'd be worried if they didn't mm. get found out. And it looks like they, they kind of did. And people, people went away from uh, what clubs were doing were Jake Young was scoring goals. So when the season started, they were doubling up on Charlie Austin, which left Jake Young free. Then they started to double up on Jake Young and then Dan Kemp scored. Now they seem to have found a way to manage the three. Um, but when I say manage it, I don't mean stop them altogether. It's gone from them scoring four or five goals to one, them scoring one to two goals or not scoring at all at times. Um, but they've also got better defensively. I, I, I think that Flynn is, yeah, I think he's, he's great. There's not much more to add to that game, I don't think. No. no. Not at all. So let's have a look. Hannah, who have you got? Who's your last one, Hannah, before Grant's last? Rex and Salford. Oh, Christ. So this was a funny one um, in that Salford went 2-0 up. Um, I think it was Matty Lunt and Mant Smith. Mm-hmm. And all was looking well. Elliot Lee uh, scored just before halftime. So going into halftime, it's 2-1. Um Salford fans have admittedly said that, again, they thought the referee was very favourable towards them. And you know, this is coming off the back of that, uh, with the um, 4-1 win at Crewe the week before. They said that, you know, they could almost see it coming before, well before it happened. And I don't know, I, I mean, presumably... Neil Wood could see it coming. The players on the pitch could see it coming, but were powerless to stop it. And what yeah. happened was that they went from two one two down, uh, two one up to three two down within the space of fifty seven seconds. And we are back to Wrexham um, taking control of the game. In so it's the eight uh, Fletcher who came off the bench. 88th minute and Davies in the 89th uh, versus, you know, oh, no, it was uh, Smith scored both of them actually. It must have been. Uh, no, he didn't. He didn't. It, weirdly, I saw that. It went down as Smith twice. No, Lund definitely scored this. Yeah, one. I thought it was Lund. Um, so, you know, kind of very slow. Most of the second half, and then and then these goals, and like I said, the Salford fans said that you know they could see it coming. The Wrexham fans know that they have this in them in that mm-hmm. kind of that comeback. 
they're known for it. Uh, they were known for it. I mean, Sulfur were known for it last season as well. But it is something that Wrexham have in their arsenal. And um, and Parkey said afterwards that he was pleased with it. It felt like a slow game. Um, lacklustre was how he, he described it. Um, and they didn't play how he wanted in the first period and, and, and I guess got shown up for it. So Neil Wood is another one um, that's probably at risk. They're 15th. They're, they've got 16 points level with MK Duns and Harrogate. Um, minus one goal difference. But, you know, they've still got uh, lovely Cal Hendry, whose uh, partner had uh, their baby at the weekend, um, a little girl. Mm-hmm. So, um, congratulations, by the way. Congratulations, Cal. Uh, otherwise, they feel light, I think, still. They've got uh, Osama Ashley's obviously still out, Cal Hendry's out, McLennan's out, uh, McLenny. Um, who else? Uh, and then Kelly Namai, who's been playing brilliantly uh, for the last few games. He he didn't feature at all. That might have been a, a, a conscious one. But um, I think Theo Vassell was due back as well, but didn't start lunch. Mm-hmm. No, not even. So they are still really struggling with their kind of injury woes and, and squad problems. And their little resurgence that they had they you know they had been in had a little run of good form uh slipped on saturday and and slipped in a way that probably could have been avoided if they'd have managed to hang on better but i think they they've not been great defensively all season and and particularly against notts county that was really evident so i i think it it probably is what it is and going into it would they've been happy they, they could have scraped a point, couldn't they? I think that's going to be the frustrating thing. Maybe didn't yeah. deserve the win, but you know, could have could have come away with a point, but didn't. Yeah. Just dropped my microphone. Oh but well. I agree. Um, Salford will be bitterly disappointed, but you you, you can never ever count Wrexham out. And you, it's <laughs> like when that first one went in, you just knew you knew that that second and probably the third was going to come and it did mm-hmm. um but credit to Salford go 2-0 up at Wrexham is is not, oh, yeah. after the start of the season they've had as well it's not an easy thing yeah. is it so well done to them mm-hmm. um I think that's probably more there's more positives from that game for Salford than than I think people realize yeah fair and last but not least ladies and gentlemen last last but not least we move on to the unbeaten undefeated, seemingly invincible Mansfield, who travelled to Notts County and beat them 4-1. Wow! I did not see that coming in the slightest. <laughs> I did see, I thought it was going to be a Mansfield win. I said 2-0, I think it wasn't breakdown. I did not see 4-1, especially how the game started. Um, Notts County just came out the trap so, so quickly uh, and Crowley scored the goal, which I thought was just going to set the tone. For the rest of the match and I thought it was going yeah, to be yeah. a demolition because it wasn't great defending from Mansfield at all. They get they get done on that side of the defence. And yeah, it was it was poor. But it seemed to be a game of defending errors all round. Notts County's defence for all four of the goals 
from Mansfield weren't good at all. They pulled Mansfield back into it. I don't know why Mansfield are worrying about having one goal score. They had four different ones in this game. Two of which were defenders, or three of which I think were defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Two two scoring their first ever goals. Two <laughs> two goals came from two corner kicks in fairly quick succession. Yeah, the Knox County managers got to be furious at the defending of that. It's for me yeah. simple defending things you've got to get right. They'll be getting corners and set pieces drilled into them all week this week. Because that is just unacceptable defending in football. I am horrific to see. I the thing that's concerning me about Notts County, they've conceded twenty-five goals this season. There's only mm. two teams in the league that have conceded more goals than Notts County. There's a couple other teams that are in twenty-five. Only two have conceded more. Newport have conceded 26 and Sutton have conceded 30. And if you look at that, 25 and Notts County have conceded, five of those were by Sutton. Sutton, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, it's a scary stat to think that they are still sitting second with a goal difference mm. of three and 25 against them. But from Mansfield point of view, they continue to be unbeaten. They've been unbeaten in 14 games in the league. That's including yep. one from last season. And they haven't been beaten away from home since the 14th of March when they played Northampton and lost 1-0. Mm. They've got a phenomenal away record. For yeah. me, you look at it, this, this wasn't a surprise outcome, but being a Mansfield win with that away form, a surprise result. But surely now you look at that and you go, you've got to back Mansfield away from home every week now. Can I say something controversial oh gosh i say controversial it's not controversial i think anybody that actually watched the game and thinks a lot like watched it with any logic to it you you have to agree um but it's gonna piss mansfield fans off because they do think i have an agenda however i don't they didn't deserve to go 2-1 up at that point Notts county were the better Mm -hmm. team Notts Mm -hmm. county were they were the beautiful the thing that I've noticed about Notts County, and look, look, I'll say this the second they went to one up, Mansfield took control. At that yeah. point, when they went three one up four, they deserved it. But the the two one was against the run of play. And what I noticed was man uh Notts are phenomenal at counter-attacking, but they don't counter-attack with pace. There's no urgency to it. It's just they go, right, we're gonna counter-attack, and you cannot get the ball off them. So, like, when I was watching it and I saw Mansfield score, I was like, ooh, yeah, they didn't, like, that That was, mm-hmm. they didn't deserve to go behind at that point. Notts County were were the better side at that point of the game. Um, and, and, look, Mansfield fans are going to disagree and say they dominated the whole game. But that, that's, that'll be honest, that's bias. It is bias. I'm speaking from, uh, and it is a neutral perspective on this. At that point, Notts County were the better side. They were on top. Mansfield kind of looked a little bit shook and then they, they got that goal and at mm. that point Mansfield took control and then were, were very very well on yeah. for the win and they deserved the win overall but yeah there was there was a lot of luck that went into getting that point that turned the game but Do yeah you know, look, good, look, good teams though you always find good teams and teams that finish at the top end yeah. they get their fair share of luck over a season 
And the way that Mansfield have been playing, their away record, I don't see them finishing anywhere but in that top seven. Oh, top seven, definitely. I, I don't think oh. they'll finish top three. No. Um, I, but I, I do think they'll finish top seven. Uh, and again, that's going to piss off some Mansfield fans. But because they, they yeah, they, they, they seem to think that we have this agenda because I... I repeated back to them what they said to us were the reasons that they struggled last season. And I repeated them back to them this season because they they were repeating the same things. So I had Mans, I've had Mansfield fans inbox me saying, Nigel Clough's proved you wrong. It's not proving me wrong. It's proved you wrong. It's proved you guys wrong. You guys said that you had yeah. an injury-prone squad and you needed non-injury-prone players. Nigel Clough signed injury-prone players and you've gone 14 games unbeaten. Mm -hmm. They said that, they had too small a squad to be able to compete. Nigel Clough kept a small squad and you're competing. All I've done is remind you of your own words, which were those what I've just said. I don't give a shit whether Mansfield have a small squad or whether they have injury-prone players. It doesn't matter to me, but what I'm trying to do and what we've always tried to do on this is keep things... Because fans, like Grant mentioned earlier, they're so fickle. Football fans are fickle. Mm -hmm. um, you only have your last few results. Oh, absolutely, but you've got to always remember what you've said and what your criticisms are. Um, and if your criticisms were, we have a small squad and we have injury-prone players, that's why we're not going to perform. And then all of a sudden you start performing. You've got to own up and say, well, actually, I was wrong. All we, do is we, we just repeat back. We, I don't know anything about Mansfield. I don't watch Mansfield week in, week out. I can only mm -hmm. take what Mansfield fans tell us. Yeah, and the thing about Mansfield as well is their position's quite fragile in that... They're on 23 points, as are Crew and Wrexham. You've got Swindon and Gillingham on 22, and then Wimbledon on 21. But if you think about Mansfield, and, and Mansfield are only where they are because other teams are consistently inconsistent. Everyone, you know, everyone is in, in League 2 at the moment. And they, I've not seen the form table recently, but they were drawing. They weren't winning. They were drawing. And that's, you know, if they continue to get one point instead of three, then, you know, within a couple of games, they could find themselves in 10th. Just because of how tight it is, you know, underneath Wimbledon, then you've got Accrington and Crawley on 20. They're within one game of Mansfield. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's so tight that, yes, they get these big results and it's great against Notts County, but that needs to be the norm rather than the exception. And they can't, yes, great, unbeaten, but they need to be winning. They won't get away with just drawing. And this is where I kind of, I think I mentioned this a few weeks back, but I'll, I'll, I'll repeat it again. Like Mansfield fans are saying, um, they said kind of last week that they, they feel like this is their year. And they do say that every year. They have, they've kind of become like the Liverpool of League Two. I've never seen... A club's fan base, and you know what? This is going to really piss them off, but it's it is true. I've never seen a club's fan base have such a, a self entitlement when supporting a team that hasn't been above this level in twenty years, and the la and when they were above this level in twenty years ago, they were relegated and were in their first season. It's been thirty years since they were again in the league above. And they were relegated. Like they've got the, this this whole thing of Mansfield being up there every year, and how Mansfield should be going up. 
they they shouldn't. They they really shouldn't. Like, let's be brutally honest. Mansfield going up. If Mansfield go up to League One, they're punching above their weight. Historically, mm-hmm. they're punching above their weight. Um, there's there's no there's no arguing that it, it's not a it's not a, a, an opinion. It's a fact. I've got literally their league history up on in front of me here, and there's a lot of League Two mentioned because mm-hmm. that's where they play. Um, yeah. League Two or below. So yeah, look, I, I'll I'll. Anytime Mansfield have gone above, they've really struggled. So, yeah, it, it might piss them off, but they've got a real self-entitlement and there's absolutely no... no. I've got no idea as to why they have that because there's nothing that they've they've shown in the last 30 years that should be giving them that opinion. Anyway, I could go on. And it's good, just, you see, speaking, about, speaking about going above, we're getting shouted at here. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Ryan. Listen, we need we're doing Ryan's definitely shouting at us because we've been going we on could, for a little we, while. We can split it into two. We could have an episode one and an episode two. Let's do an episode one and an episode two, Ryan. Let's do it over two days. <laughs> part Slow one, part release. Two. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. We've finished. We've finished all the games anyway, haven't we? Yeah, and in fairness, there was a lot went on on Saturday. <laughs> and and when I'm, and the thing is, we we planned for tonight, and we obviously we we know we need to make it last sort of an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes, and then a manager gets sacked on the day we're recording. Yeah, it's going to throw us out always. Ruins um, all the scripts and the the plans and the agenda goes yeah. to shit. But plus, I I think tonight we've actually we've had some really good discussions about things yeah. i don't feel like it's mm. just been talking for talking sake we i've i've really yeah. enjoyed tonight and i hope everyone listening's enjoyed this this has been this has been fun um has anyone got anything else they want to add no no <laughs> anna's tea sat on the table uh, I, I, I was gonna make i was gonna make stuff tonight but oh, it's nine I mean, o'clock i'm starving i need to just go and grab something quickly i i, I made hunter's chicken from scratch so just oh nice oh beautiful um but guys we are very, very grateful to everyone that listens. We are. We are very we're lovely. on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon. We're on anywhere that you can get podcasts. We're on Acast. We're on YouTube. You can watch our faces. If you think we're ugly, you just go to the sound versions. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, thank you for listening. Please rate us. Please follow us. Yeah, because I think my dad's the only one that's left us a review so far, and that's just awkward, isn't it? I still don't know 100% sure that it is him because I don't want to ask because then it will be confirmed to me. Yeah. But he'd also left a review on Apple a while right, ago. Review whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. Just rate his five stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, say whatever you want. Follow us on social media. We've got the Lux Sports Media page. We've got the Lower League Lux page. We've got all our personal pages. Um, to be honest, Lux Sports Media is probably, if you want wanting something serious and you're wanting to, to deal with facts and news, give look sports media a follow if you're wanting to listen to complete and utter nonsense and see people get wound up it's probably lower league look that's more for you um but aside from that yeah loved it i'm glad to be back yeah. thank you thank you for having me back right i'll Who's see you in week. you've got no choice i've got the logins uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anna, have a good holiday thanks how when are you back uh two weeks today so yeah, it's Monday, isn't it? Yeah, I'm back on the 30th. So do you go so, next Monday? No, I go on Thursday. So on Saturday, I'll do mine and Charlotte's remote, because we, we've we been asking people to do little mini match reviews, so like mm. on their way to the 
game or before the game, half time and afterwards. So we'll be watching it on iFollow on Saturday. So we'll send a hopefully incredibly sickening, sunshine filled mini vlog. So Saturday. you're not here for the, the breakdown on Thursday then either? I'm not here. No, I'll be on like literally on a plane, I think. God, they're letting me and Liam loose again. Oh no. <laughs> and then that Monday that I'm back, I land at seven in the morning and then I'm going straight to work. So by this time in two weeks, I'll be an incoherent mess. So actually, That's grand, we'll, grand see you on, we'll see you on Monday and with bags under your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 